Welcome back to the Squared Sports Podcast. On those this podcast, Lane Frank, we're now at episode number 90. It's we're 90 episodes through the Squared Sports Podcast. We're on season three, starting today of the Squared Sports Podcast. Thank you to you, the fans. Thank you to DB Podcast, best podcast producers in the game. And of course, we're on episode number 90, getting closer to 100. We're going to have a great season three. Stay tuned, Squared Sports fans. We got an episode to do. We're going to talk about the NFL week one. We're going to talk about college football entering week two. We're going to talk about the U.S. Open heading into its final week to determine champion on Sunday night. Stay tuned for action-packed episode. Let's hop into it. Let's start for episode number 90 and season three, the right way, with our headlines. And in the NBA, Dalvin Mitchell broke the NBA world, getting trade over, not to the Knicks, not to the Heat, not to the Celtics, not to the Lakers, but the Cleveland Cavaliers, everybody. He is a Cleveland Cavalier today, Dalvin Mitchell. That's amazing stuff right there. They got a deal. Now, I'm going to rant later about it. The Utah Jazz, New York Knicks, Cleveland Cavaliers, they're all going to be wrapped up into my squared sports screen. But congrats for Dolph Mitchell. Going over to the Cleveland Cavaliers, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Dolph Mitchell. That's a future big three that are all going to be perennial all-stars, in my opinion. What a move this is for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who thought the Cleveland Cavaliers could do this? Everybody thought, oh, they're never going to get another star player after LeBron. Not for an all in time. Well, they just got Dolph Mitchell. They just made their splash of the past 10 years outside of signing LeBron. That's getting Dolph Mitchell, everybody. Dolph Mitchell, currently Cleveland Cavalier, gang trade over the Utah Jazz. That broke the NBA world this week. Let's move to the NFL, where we have week one starting this week. Now, the last team to announce their starting quarterback was the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they announced it today being Mitchell Trubisky over Kenny Pickett over Mason Rudolph. Now, some people say Mitchell Trubisky has some more upside than Kenny Pickett, even though he's a fifth-year player. That's a debatable pick right there. He still could. Kenny Pickett, obviously the hand issue, but I still think Kenny Pickett can be a baller. He shouldn't start the season. He shouldn't start next season. But say, Mitch Trubisky has an amazing first two seasons of Pittsburgh. What do they do? I liked how they picked Kenny Pickett, but I also liked how they signed Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky is a great player. Uh, he could be a great quarterback if he wants to be. And that you see that 2018 season, everybody, where he was just amazing. 2019 season, he struggled. But 2020 season, he made the playoffs. So he had four seasons starting. 2017 season, his rookie season, he didn't even start every game. They were so bad that year. Next season, he wins 12 games. He could have had... Super Bowl win, anything like that next season if Cody Parker didn't miss that kick, because that defense was elite, that team was elite, Mitchell Trubisky was elite that season. Next season, Mitchell Trubisky struggled a little bit, but the next season after that, he comes in after Nick Foles does terrible for a few games, brings them into the playoffs, has a close game against New Orleans Saints, and Mitchell Trubisky just lost his job, goes over to the Bills, I mean, where he's a backup last season, I think he needed to be a backup last season, but now he's going to be back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's about for the news in the NFL right now, but we have a new season starting up. We have Squared Sports Game Day Coming up next, stay tuned for that. For the first one of the season, but Mitchell Trubisky announced the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's move to MLB, where we have a bunch of news. Now, we're in the last month MLB regular season. It's September, everybody, and Aaron Judge is closing in on maybe getting that home run record. Currently at 54 home runs. Barry Bonds at this time had 57 home runs. Mark McGuire had 56 home runs. Aaron Judge has 54 home runs right now. Do you think Aaron Judge can break the home run record? Leave your thoughts in the comment section. My New York Mets struggling a little bit. But they also had that series against the Dodgers where they took two out of three. Edwin Diaz was amazing in that series, closing down both the wins, getting Timmy Trumpet to do Trumpets at game live. So that's just great stuff right there from the New York Mets. New York Mets struggled, though, against the next series against the Washington Nationals. Tough stuff right there for my New York Mets. I think they can rebound. I think this offense needs a little bit of regrouping. Max Scherzer got hurt, kind of reeled that series a little bit. So Mets need a little bit more confidence, in my opinion. I think that may be the main issue right now. Buck Walter needs to bring that back. We're getting hit with the injury bug right now. Brett Beatty after the rest of the regular season. We score May out a little bit. Carlos Carrasco 
is back. So a lot of stuff going on right now with the New York Mets and Los Angeles Dodgers, who lost to the New York Mets last week. As I mentioned, let's move to the last part of the headlines, the U.S. Open, everybody. I got the hand right now. I went on Sunday. I saw Casper Ruud uh, and Coco Golf play. So Coco Golf won her match. Casper Ruud won his match. Casper Ruud just played against Matteo Berrettini. Casper Ruud's into the sun off Casper Ruud has an amazing forehand, everybody. But he maybe is too much of an offensive player, not so much a defensive player. You saw that in the French Open when he struggled against Rafael Nadal, who Rafael Nadal beat in the French Open, but often Nadal loses on this weekend, on Monday, Labor Day, to Francis Tiafoe, everybody. Francis Tiafoe is one of the most mobile players on the tour, everybody. Francis Tiafoe is only 24 years old. He's an American. He's an amazing player, in my opinion. Francis Tiafoe has that elite forehand. He has that elite serve, and he beat Rafa Nadal, a career-changing win, I could say. A career-changing win for Francis Tiafoe. You really start to wonder, is this the beginning of the end for Rafa Nadal, or is it very close to the end? You never know. Rafa Nadal chapter closing, Francis Tiafo chapter opening. What a win that was for Francis Tiafo over Rafa Nadal, giving Rafa Nadal his first Grand Slam loss of the year. He won French Open, he won Australian Open, couldn't compete in the semifinals of Wimbledon because he got hurt. So that was his first loss in the Grand Slams here. Rafa Nadal, Francis Tiafo gets the win over him. Casper Ruud already mentioned him. Nick Kyrgios, though, gets an amazing win on Sunday night against Daniel Medvedev. Wow, what a match that was. Nick Kyrgios and four sets. That first set took one hour, and after that, it was only a three-hour match. So Nick Kyrgios really played amazing. Some bonehead moves, like you saw that one who ran over to the other side of the court, did the ball, and was out. But Nick Kyrgios, a good player in my opinion, every play. Carlos Alcaraz advanced to the quarterfinals, getting a clutch win over Marin Cilic. I mean, that was just a crazy match against Cilic over there. Five sets, 19-year-old Carlos Alcaraz, the Spaniard, getting the win over the veteran Marin Cilic. That's about for the headlines this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Here, everybody. Squirt Sports Game Day, week one. It's here. For those of you who are not familiar with the show, this is season three of Squirt Sports Game Day. We'll be doing it since week two of season one, episode number two. We've been doing it every single week in the NFL season. We picked the top games of the NFL week, not every game, the top games. We're still looking for that perfect record. I think we got it once last year. We're going to get again this week. Let's hop into it. First game, Thursday Night Football. Bills versus Rams. Rams are going to establish that run game early. I have the Rams, the reigning Super Bowl champions, taking this one over the Buffalo Bills. Steelers versus Bengals, everybody. Steelers are going to put some pressure on Joe Burrow. They're going to get TJ Watt after him. They're going to get Cayman Hayward after him. But I still think the Bengals prevail. I think that run game, Joe Mixon, is key in this one. Give me the Bengals over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Patriots versus Dolphins. Okay. On paper, the Dolphins have a better roster, but Bill Belichick, first-year head coach, making his first career game with a quarterback who struggles a little bit against Bill Belichick. I got the Patriots win this one in a nail-biter, 23-20. Mac Jones and his squad get the win over the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Browns versus Panthers. Okay. Baker Mayfield, this is obviously a revenge game for him. They have Jacoby Brissett starting this game. Panthers are actually favored in this one, and I like the Panthers in this one too. Christian McCaffrey's going to have a good season. Robbie Anderson's going to have a good season. DJ Moore's going to have a good season, and so is Baker Mayfield, everybody. So Baker Mayfield gets the win over his former team, the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield, one of the most underrated players in the NFL the past five years, in my opinion, one of the most overhated players in the NFL of all time. Baker Mayfield gets the win over his former team, the Cleveland Browns. Packers versus Vikings, everybody. This one isn't even a toss-up for me. I have the Packers winning this one pretty easily. 33-17. Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones is a good game. AJ Dillon is a good game. Aaron Rodgers has a good game. Cruz is his first game without Devontae Apps. Now, Chiefs Cardinals. I think the Cardinals struggle in this one. Kyler Murray without DeAndre Hopkins' his career, statistically, is not very good. So I think the Chiefs win this one over the Cardinals pretty easily, giving the Chiefs of the Cardinals. 
Bucks versus Cowboys, everybody. Sunday Night Football. This was Thursday Night Football opening week last year. I think the Cowboys struggle again, but Buccaneers do come out in this one. So Micah Parsons has a good game, but they struggle with the Cowboys on offense. Zeke Elliott can't get things going. Tony Pollard can't get things going. Dak maybe makes some completions, but not much more after that. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay, you can say Buccaneers. Tampa Bay gets the win in Tom Brady's first game this season. Now, Raiders versus Chargers, everybody. This is going to be an interesting game, in my opinion. I think the Raiders lose this one, though. Chargers beat them last year in SoFi Stadium. I think they beat them again this year in SoFi Stadium. Obviously, that insane game in the Legion Stadium, Week 18 last year, where the Chargers just took a knee or didn't get the field goal, didn't get the ball up. Then the Raiders would have just taken a knee, and they both went got to the playoffs with a tie. But that didn't happen right there. So I think Chargers win this one right here in their revenge game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Chargers win this one. Brand Staley gets his revenge over Josh McDaniels, making his first career head coaching game since his terrible Denver Broncos a couple years ago. People didn't know. Josh McDaniels used to be a head coach with Denver Broncos. Didn't go so well. Came back to the New England Patriots. Now he's with the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think they lose this one, though, in his opening debut. Chargers take the win. Justin Herbert poised for an amazing season. I think they win this one. That's about for Squirt Sports Game Day this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, top five, everybody. This week's top five is the top five bold predictions I have for the 2022-2023 NFL season. Let's hop into it. First one, Damian Pierce, Houston Texans, starting running back out of Florida. They announced him as their starter today. Wins offensive rookie of the year. And Aiden Hutchinson wins defensive rookie of the year slightly over Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is going to have a Derwin James type of rookie of the year. Derwin James won defensive rookie of the year, but I think Aiden Hutchinson gets like 10 sacks, 13 sacks season. Has a Chase Young type rookie season. So Aiden Hutchinson wins defensive rookie of the year. Damian Pierce breaks out and has an offensive rookie of the year season. Now, number four, Debo Samuel wins offensive player of the year. And Shaquille Leonard. Wins defense player of the year. But yes, not Darius Leonard, Shaquille Leonard. Wins defense player of the year for the Indianapolis Colts. He flies across the field. He's a maniac. He flies across the field for the Indianapolis Colts. He's going to be amazing. He's going to win defense player of the year. And Debo Samuel, they're not going to put him in the run game as much, but with Trey Lance, I think he can use him very, very well. Debo Samuel wins offense player of the year. Now, that's a tough one right there. It could be Jonathan Jefferson. It could be Jamar Chase. It could really be anybody. It could be a quarterback. It could be Joe Burrow. It could be Justin Herbert. But I'm taking Debo Samuel as my offense player of the year. Now, number three. The Buccaneers lose three out of their six division games. I think they lose one to the Panthers. I think they maybe drop one to the Saints, and then they maybe drop one to the Atlanta Falcons. Tom Brady has never lost a game while being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer to the Panthers or the Falcons. I think he loses to both these teams this season. He has not beaten the New Orleans Saints to the Tampa Bay Buccaneer in the regular season yet. Is over four. I think he loses one game against us in this season, but wins another in Tampa Bay. James Winston is a good quarterback. Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. Arthur Smith is a crazy offensive mind for the Atlanta Falcons. That's my third best bowl prediction. Number two, Joe Burrow doesn't win MVP. His counter rival, Lamar Jackson, does win MVP there. But I was about to pick Joe Burrow. I didn't. Lamar Jackson wins MVP. Everybody. His second time of his career winning MVP. Lamar Jackson is an amazing player. They lost six games to him starting last season. All of them were by one possession. All of them. Three of them were by one point. That's amazing stuff right there. So Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback, everybody. He was banged up last season. They got the run game back. I'm going to talk about them. My next bowl prediction, Lamar Jackson wins MVP of the NFL season. Now, number one, the Ravens and the Packers make the Super Bowl. You say, whoa, 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 the Packers and the Ravens make the Super Bowl. Here's my case. Let's start with the Packers. Packers have Aaron Jones. They have the most amazing defense in the NFL, in my opinion, right now. They have Rashawn Gary, who's been amazing. They have... Jair Alexander. They could pick up Lake Martinez if they want to. They have Zadarius Smith. They have so many good pieces on that defensive line. I really think that they're a good team. They have Rizal Douglas. They have Kevin King. This is a really good Green Bay Packers team. I think this is the year they make it out of the NFC. And they make it to the Super Bowl. Now, 
Let's talk about my AFC team. Baltimore Ravens. They have Kyle Hamilton, one of the best picks of the draft. They have Lamar Jackson, who I just talked about. They have Gus Edwards coming back. They have J.K. Dobbins coming back. They have their entire running back core coming back, where their entire running back core last season was out for the whole season. They have Marcus Pierce coming back with Torres ACL one play after Gus Edwards Torres ACL. And most importantly, they have Mike McDonald back as their defense coordinator. Mike McDonald, if you don't know who he is, he was the Michigan defense coordinator last season, completely revamped that defense. Went from a bomb defense in the Big Ten to the top defense in the Big Ten. Michigan was last season. Michigan was amazing. He came from the Ravens before that as their linebackers coach, came back to the Ravens as their defense coordinator when Wink Martindale was just terrible. That was my Giants defense coordinator. I'm not too ecstatic about that. But he replaced Wink Martindale. I really think Mike McDaniel's one of the top defense coordinators, one of the top defensive minds in the game. He's going to utilize his team well. This is going to be a really, really good defense. Mark Andrews is going to be a good player. Rashad Bateman was pretty banged up last season. I think he's going to impact the season. They're without Hollywood Brown. I think this is going to do well. I really like this Ravens team. And I have this Ravens team winning the 2023 Super Bowl. But you can debate me on it. You can. But those are my reasons why the Ravens win the Super Bowl. But leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about for top five this week. Now, if you didn't know everybody, this week's Dino, you know, it's a great one. Did you know the youngest player to ever win the Heisman is my future two-time MVP and Super Bowl winner, Lamar Jackson, everybody. Lamar Jackson, at 19 years old, beat out James Winston by five days to be the youngest Heisman winner ever. Now, for the oldest Heisman winner ever, that goes to Chris Wanky when he was 28 years old and won the Heisman. So at one point in time, Florida State had the youngest person ever won the Heisman and the oldest player to ever win the Heisman. The 2016 season for Lamar Jackson was amazing. I'm going to argue that his 2017 season was better, but Baker Mayfield had an amazing season that year. I mean, Lamar Jackson has been the closest to win two Heisman since Archie Griffin. What an amazing player Lamar Jackson was. Winning the Heisman and then having to give Baker Mayfield the trophy the next year, that must have been hard. But Lamar Jackson is the youngest player to ever win the Heisman. Bryce Young couldn't edge him out. Do you think somebody can break that record this year? Do you think Quinn Ewers can break that record this year as the youngest player to ever win the Heisman? Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about what I didn't know this week. Now, Squared Sports Scream, everybody. The recipient of this week's Squared Sports Scream, I don't even know how many we've done so far. I think this is the fourth. It is the Utah Jazz and New York Knicks. Let me explain. The Utah Jazz had a better offer from the New York Knicks, but they had two first-round picks, not three. I think the component that was the biggest in this trade was the Utah Jazz obviously liked Laurie Markkinen over Obi Toppin, for whatever reason, I don't know. They obviously liked... Oche Agbaji over Quinton Grimes and Miles McBride, and they obviously didn't want to pick up RJ Bear. I blame this on the Knicks for not putting a third first round pick in there, which I really think they should. If they did that, then the trade probably would have gone accepted. But when you saw that trade get accepted, you were like, Knicks really didn't have that bad of an offer compared to the Cavs offer. So that's why I don't understand this. I really think the Utah Jazz could have gone more. They obviously got Colin Sexton, who's going to be a good piece. But you're going to have to resign him. I don't know about that. It's not the greatest move right there. Laurie Markkinen is not a better player than Obi Toppin, in my opinion. And I really think Quentin Grimes could be a better NBA player than Oche Agbaji. If you don't know who Oche Agbaji is, he's one of those Kansas guards. Seems like Kansas all the time. They're an older team. They always have these college stars who can't really translate to them. Yet, Yudaka Azubuke, Frank Mason, who won the Wooden Award. Oche Agbaji almost won the Wooden Award. And Devontae Graham also won the Wooden Award. But all these guys aren't really that good in the NBA. We're just going to have to wait and see Agbaji. But that's my take right there. That's my scream for the Utah Jazz. I really think they messed up right here. I really think they should have taken the New York Knicks offer. I just think it was Danny H being pity, not want to give Donovan Mitchell over to the New York Knicks. Donovan Mitchell is going to like Cleveland, in my opinion. He's already making Ohio State pigs. He's already making this stuff, which hurts me as a Michigan fan and Knicks fan. But Donovan Mitchell, 
is the Cleveland Cavalier. That's my score sports scream. Not as harsh as the past ones. This one's in the Utah Jazz New York Knicks. Leave a thoughts in the comment section. I'm not going to lie, this is my favorite segment too. Every week, it's College Football Showcase Everybody, I'm going to give you my top 25, and I'm going to give you the games of the week. Let's hop into it. College Football Showcase Top 25. I have a new number one, Georgia, number one, Alabama, number two, Ohio State, number three, Michigan, number four, USC, number five, Texas A&M, number six, Baylor, number seven, Oklahoma, number eight, Clemson, number nine, Arkansas, number 10, 11, Notre Dame, 12, Miami, 13, Michigan State, 14, Texas, 15, Penn State, 16, North Carolina State, 17, Oregon, 18, Utah, 19, Wake Forest, 20, Ole Miss, 21, Florida State, 22, Kansas State, 23, LSU, 24, Pitt, 25, Kentucky. Let me give two arm mentions out here, right here. Oklahoma State would have been the next team out, and then Houston would have been the next team out after that. Let's explain it. Let's break it down. Georgia moves up to number one. Georgia is unbeatable. You can't be about This is the same exact Georgia teams last year. They're the best team in college football. Stetson Bennett is maybe going to win the Heisman. He's Houdini. He's amazing. He got some amazing plays. That's a good Oregon team, and they stomp rolled them. So, yeah, Stetson Bennett is one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and they steamrolled a good team in Oregon, 49-3. They're number one. No debate about it. Alabama, number two. Ohio State got a good clutch win against Notre Dame, but we see those struggles again from C.J. Stroud like we saw at the beginning of the season last year. Now, here's the thing I want to say right here, C.J. Stroud. We saw some Spencer Rattler. His freshman season, Spencer Rattler, really struggled. His first season starting, kind of struggled in those first few games, lost to Kansas State, lost to Iowa State, but then he got good wins over Florida in their bowl game, got good wins over Texas, got good wins over a couple other teams, but we saw that from Spencer Rattler struggling a little bit, but then to go into the next season, people were saying Spencer Rattler for Heisman, Spencer Rattler for this, Spencer Rattler for that. Spencer Rattler plays terrible in the 2021 season. That happened with Cedar Stroud. Cedar Stroud really struggled in his first four games as a starting quarterback for Ohio State, and they picked things up. And they struggled a little bit towards then. He played well in that Rose Bowl, but struggled against Michigan. Now we see C.J. Stroud struggling in game one. Not throwing anything out there. Can we see a potential draft slide for C.J. Stroud? That's a big breakdown right there of number three, Ohio State. Michigan, number four. We're going to see J.J. McCarthy in action this week. USC, number five. USC is a really good team, everybody. They are such a good team. They had three pick sixes. They have the best wide receiver in college football in Jordan Addison. They have the best quarterback in college football. My husband picked Caleb Williams. Really nothing to debate here. They have Travis Dye running back. This is just an amazing team. There's nothing to debate. USC, number five. Texas a and I put number six. We're going to see them this week against App State, where I have an interesting pick. You're just going to have to wait and see. I have Clemson at number nine. They really don't have that big play. DJ Ongolay gets way too much hate. I don't think Kate Kulbick should be the starter. People are saying Kate Kulbick for start, Kate Kulbick for start, Kate Kulbick for start. It's not really DJ Ongolay's fault. He's got all the physical tools, and he made some throws in that Georgia Tech game after that fumble. I think the biggest problem with this Clemson team is that the offense is a little bit overrated outside DJ Ongolay, and he gets too much hate for it. Will Shipley, who everybody thinks is the next Christian McCaffrey, has zero explosive ability. 32 yards. 32 yards at the next Christian McCaffrey. That's what we saw last night against Georgia Tech for Will Shipley. This is not a good running team at all. They can't run the ball. DJ Ongolay can't run the ball. It's going to be interesting to see two new coordinators, offense coordinator and defense coordinator. Dabo's got a decision to make. I think it should be Deirdre Ongolay, though. This defense can fly around the field. They're going to make some mistakes like they did, giving up 10 points to Georgia Tech there night. Notre Dame, number 11. Notre Dame, getting a little bit of a slide right here. Michigan State, number 13. Had a rough game against Western Michigan, but I'm still keeping them up in the rankings. Texas, number 14. That big showdown gets Alabama in DKR this week. Wake Forest, number 19. You got Sam Hartman coming back this week, which is going to be amazing for them against Vanderbilt. This is going to be a good team now. I'm moving up on the rankings because Sam Hartman's back there, but this is a good team. With Sam Hartman's on, they're a top 10 team in college football, and there's no debating that. Sam Hartman, number 19. And Wake Forest, number 19. 
22, Kansas State. Kansas State, Adrian Martinez, a good quarterback, but Deuce Vaughn can really run the ball. I think that's the biggest part of this team. Chris Kleiman, I think, has his best team ever in Manhattan. So Manhattan, Kansas, I think this is his best team so far. And Adrian Martinez can have a good season. Florida State, number 21. I had that huge pick, upset pick against LSU. I picked Florida State in that one. And Florida State did get the win. Jordan Travis looking like an experienced quarterback. Jay Sean Corbin looking like a good running back. This is just a good team. Defense looked pretty good against a running quarterback and Jane Daniels. So yeah, that's my top 25, everybody. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. You could say, how is Oklahoma State not in the rankings? Well, Spencer Sanders is going to throw a lot of interceptions against a team not named Western Michigan. They had the second-best defense, arguably, in the country last year with Jim Knowles, their defense coordinator. Their first game without him, people were saying, oh, they're going to do fine. They gave up 44 points to Central Michigan. So that's my thoughts right there. That's why Oklahoma State's not ranked. They weren't ranked in week one. They're not ranked in week two. Stop thinking that they're going to be ranked. They're not. That's my top 25. Stay tuned for the Game of Weeks coming up next. Now, the games of the week, everybody. I'm a brat right here. I went 11 and 1 with my games of the week last week. Nobody else in the country, not Lee Corso, not Gustrats, not Jack Harlow on college game day. Nobody went 11 and 1 last week. Nobody. I went 11 and 1. My only loss was South Florida versus BYU, where I said South Florida would win that game. But I had upset picks. I had Florida beating Utah. I had Florida State beating LSU. I had a lot of other upset picks. Go watch it. Episode 89. Great episode. But now we're going to pick the games of the week. We're going to stick to how we traditionally did it in season one and season two. So we're going to make a couple spread picks, which I'm going to do right here. Some picks that I'm confident, some locks. And now we're going to pick the game of the week, which this week is Alabama versus Texas. Let's hop into it. The first game, first spread I'm going to pick, Wake Forest minus 13. At the beginning, when the spread came out, it was minus eight. But that was without Sam Hartman. I think Wake Forest just steamrolls Vanderbilt in this game. Vanderbilt has two wins against Elon and Hawaii, two of the worst teams in college football, and people think that they're going to be good now. No. Wake Forest team rules them. Sam Harmon has a good game. Sam Harmon starts his Heisman campaign, which I think he can build on. Sam Harmon could be a Heisman candidate then the year. Sam Harmon and Wake Forest, mass 13 against Vanderbilt. USC on Saturday night, mass 9 versus Stanford. Now last year, USC, Stanford, week 2, night game. Clay Hilton's last game as a head coach for USC. Now, this is a different story. USC and Caleb Williams steamroll Stanford in this one. Give me USC, mass 9 against Stanford. That's a lock. North Carolina versus Georgia State, everybody. North Carolina, a great game last week against App State. I really think they won this one. Minus 7.5 against Georgia State. Georgia State, they're really plus 7.5. That's really weird. Underdogs, plus 7.5 against an amazing quarterback and Drake May, everybody. So Drake May can start his Heisman campaign right here. Drake May has the most touchdowns in college football. He's in most yards in college football right now. That's because they played week zero. Still, Drake May is an amazing quarterback, in my opinion. Drake May can build on that performance, have another great performance this week, again, another five touchdowns against Georgia State, North Carolina, my seven and a half. Last one, Fresno State plus one against Oregon State. Oregon State and Jonathan Smith, still a good team. They steamrolled Boise State the other night. But Jake Hayner is a really good quarterback, one of the top quarterbacks in college football, in my opinion, out of the group of five. Jake Hayner and Fresno State plus one against Oregon State on Saturday night. Now, two sleeper picks. I'm going to sneak in right here. Appalachian State was one of the best offenses in college football, plus 17 against Texas A&M. Now, this could either, this could be, I could go crazy right here and say App State's going to win this game, but Texas A&M is a really good defense. Haynes King, we saw this last year, week two against a really, really bad team in Colorado. Colorado went like two and, two and 10 last season. They were really, really bad. But they hung around Texas A&M the whole entire game until Haynes King got hurt. Then Zach Calzada came in and played pretty well. So Haynes King, starting week two, pretty much in the same week one performance that we saw him have last year against Kent State. He had one this year against Sam Houston, and they didn't play very well. They had 31 points on offense, which isn't very good. So I think Haynes King 
and this Texas State offense struggle to get things going, and it's an abysmal upstate defense, but I still think they win this one. It's going to be very, very high scoring. Upstate's going to get points on them, but this is a good Texas A&M defense. We're just going to have to wait and see, but I think Upstate keeps it close for the first three quarters. Maybe A&M plays at the end in the fourth quarter. Upstate keeps it close with A&M. Give me Upstate plus 18.5 against Texas A&M. Last one right here, Washington State plus 17 against Wisconsin. This is a bit of a bolder one out there because Washington State only beat Idaho by seven points, but they have won top quarterbacks in college football and Cameron Ward. Cameron Ward came from Incarnate World last year. We threw 50 touchdowns where he was amazing. He ran for like 10. He was amazing last year, Cameron Ward at Incarnate World. But I think this year, he does well again at Washington State. Had a good week one performance, had three touchdowns. Just a great game for Cameron Ward. I think they get close with Wisconsin. Wisconsin only won by 38 points against Illinois State. Graham Mertz isn't a good quarterback. We're just going to have to wait and see. I think Washington State keeps it close with Wisconsin. Now, the game who I'm going to pick every week, my Michigan Wolverines, I have the show on right now. I'm going to pick my Michigan Wolverines every week. It's my honorary pick of the week before we get to the game of the week. It's the second best game of the week. It's not really, but for me it is. Michigan versus Hawaii. I'm going to watch this game every single snap because J.J. McCarthy is that quarterback. Cade McNamara played abysmal last week. And he beams himself up. He blames on Coach Harbaugh. He blames on all this. He says it was unexpected for me not to be a starter. But J.J. McCarthy is an amazing player to play. Don't compare us to the Kelly Bryant situation. Don't compare us to any other situation. This is its own situation with K. McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. They've been giving their shots. K. McNamara against a really bad Colorado State team didn't look so good, but J.J. McCarthy really did. Now J.J. McCarthy gets a start against Hawaii, and I think they do really well. I think Michigan beats Hawaii 73 to nothing. I'm not kidding right here. Hawaii is the worst defense in college football, and they might have the worst offense in college football. Michigan might have the best defense in college football, might as well have the best quarterback in college football, and J.J. McCarthy. You're going to see that Saturday night against Hawaii, but stay tuned. Michigan beats Hawaii 73-0. J.J. McCarthy starts his Heisman campaign. Let's end the game of the week, everybody. Texas versus Alabama in DKR. I already got Vince Young's opinion on it. You can go watch that in episode number 88. Vincent said, I like Texas by three. I think the keys to this game are Texas has to get everything going. They have to get the run game going early. They have to get the defense going early. They have to get the passing game going early. It's exactly like that 2021 Oklahoma game. They have to get that exact same start. The first place scrimmage in that 2021 Oklahoma game, they got a touchdown. They got a blocked punt the next drive. Then they got a touchdown the next play. Then B. John Robinson had the most insane first half. They went up 28-7. to then it all went downhill from there. They lost that game. I think they need to start out with that start, and maybe that can keep them close, and maybe they need to contain that. If they can keep that and contain that, they're winning this football game, no doubt about it. But I don't think they can. I think they can get some momentum early on in the game with B.J. Robinson, Quinn Ewers, but I don't think it's enough to keep it. I have Texas covering the spread. Alabama doesn't cover the spread in this one. Alabama wins 44-28. The spread right now is minus 20. Alabama, Texas 20-point underdogs, but I think Texas... Loses by 16, not by 20. So put Texas plus 20 right there. Texas, closer than the score seems, 44 to 28 loses. Alabama was 44 28. Closer than the score seems. That's why I have college football showcase this week. Alabama wins the game of the week against Texas, 44 28. Like I said, closer than the score seems. Now, at the buzzer, everybody. When I started at the buzzer, I said, it's going to be full of hot takes. And I got maybe the biggest hot take we've ever had at the buzzer. The Browns go 3-8 and eight in games leading up to Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson spent 11 games leading up to that Houston Texans game in week 12. I think the Browns go 3-8. and eight. Look at the schedule. It's very, very hard. They get two freebies in there against the Falcons and against the Steelers. But outside of that, this is a really, really tough schedule. They lose week one, like I said, on Sunday to the Carolina Panthers. Nick Chubb maybe gets hurt. Kareem Hunt doesn't play so well. 
It's not going to be fully under Kobe Brissett, in my opinion. I think Miles Garrett maybe struggles a little bit, maybe gets hurt. But I think the blame goes to Kevin Stefanski, in my opinion. And we're just going to have to wait and see if they can rebound when Deshaun Watson comes back. But I think the Browns go 3-8 in games without Deshaun Watson. That's about it for the buzz this week. Leave thoughts in the comment section. Now, the best for last question day. This week's question day is, who will win the signing in the AL and who will win the signing in the NL? I think signing in the AL could definitely go to Dylan Cease, who you saw get eight innings and two outs. So he had one out away from the no-hitter and couldn't get it. But still a complete game from Dylan Cease, close to a perfect game. Couldn't get it, though. Dylan Cease, I think, could win signing in the AL over Justin Verlander, over Shane McClanahan. Now, for the NL, I really don't know. It could be Sandy Alcantara. It could be Tony Gonsolin. Sandy Alcantara had that rough start against the Dodgers, but then came back against the next week and got complete game against them. Shut out. But then his next start gave up six runs to the Atlanta Braves. So a little bit tough to read Sandy Alcantara right now, but I'm going to pick him for the NL. I'm going to pick Dylan Cease for the AL. That's about our question of the day this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about for Squirt Sports and Lane Freak S from 90. Thank you for watching. Kicking off season three. Thank you, DBA Podcast, the best podcast producers in the game. Follow Squirt Sports on Instagram at Squirt Sports. Follow Squirt Sports on Twitter at Squirt Sport. Follow Squirt Sports on TikTok at Squirt Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and view for the best sports content in the game. We'll be back here next week, episode 91. Stay tuned.